Hello and welcome to episode three, all about Three is Company from Fellowship of the Ring being the third part of That's What I'm Talking About. I'm Mary Clay, and today I am joined by Pixel, a wonderful, wonderful mod in our Discord over on Bacon and Eggs, um, which if you want to join, um, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Um, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, I heard um, when I was starting this podcast, and um, for those of you that don't know, that's what I'm talking about, is a production of Bacon and Eggs, and as I was starting this and, and starting the process of um, get it, gathering guests and everything, Ethan and Tyler were like, oh, you got to talk to Pixel. She'll be all over it. So I might have been a little bit too vocal when they first uh, started talking about this. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so obsessed. I'm so yes. ready for this to happen right now. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So did they did they I'm interested to hear like what happened on the mod side of things. Did they like tell you guys separately what was going on? Yeah. So a while when you guys first started talking about it, they didn't want to give too much away to us. They definitely were like, oh, we're working on some stuff. Ethan and Tyler were, you know, being very coy about it. Um, and, and, you know, they just didn't want to spill anything. They didn't want us it to get out anywhere, which I get. Um, but they did tell us a little bit prior to because we needed to set up your roles and be prepared for anybody asking questions. So um, being a mod is helpful in that way. We get a little bit of a sneak peek. But I was jumping for joy and they told me you were gonna have Casey on which was like the perfect choice <laughs> I would have recommended yeah. him day one he's he's like a just like a basket full of knowledge yes and it was it was great to talk to him and it, he was he was perfect to have on for the first episode because I got I got so much context that I was missing um that I really needed so yeah I mean, I think it's amazing that they just knew someone who has never interacted with, like, anything Lord of the Rings series-wise. It's, it's it's almost like Star, Star Wars, where you just don't even think that exists. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's so cool. Yeah, it's... This whole thing of how this came about is insane, because I... I lo like, I love podcasts, obviously. <laughs> I li You know, I listen to podcasts all the time, but I'm also just... Um, I'm, like, complete Twitter trash, and I just, I'm one of those people who tweets any, like, remotely funny thought that I have, and it might not even be a funny thought, it might just be funny to me, and a lot of those thoughts are, like, concepts for podcasts, and one that I came up with is, someone should have a podcast about Lord of the Rings called That's What I'm Talking About, and it was literally just like, this is a great title for something Lord of the Rings related. Someone should do this. And then I was like, well, I could do it. Um, and, you know, drew drew inspiration from um, Potterless, Mike Schubert from Potterless, who is, he has a Harry Potter podcast and he started out having never read the books or remembering very little from the movie. So I was like, I can, I can do that too. Um, and now here, and then, yeah, and then Ethan and Tyler, I, I joke that I tricked them into thinking that I'm like cool on Twitter, <laughs> but like, that's exactly what happened. I, we, we all three went to the same college, right? but, and I only, I only knew about them in the vague sense because they had a show on, um, our, they were, they were a part of our college radio and I was too. And so we, he, like one of them showed up as a suggested follower on Twitter because we were both a part of W. 
WC and you. And I was like, okay, I'll follow this guy. Cool. And then like year, all these years later, I was like, oh, I want to check out this guy's podcast. He's from seeing you. I want to, you know, I want to support, you know, this fun little, this fun little podcast. And then I remember going to check the podcast app and like one of the episodes they just up, uh, uploaded was, I think it was Infinity War or something. It was an episode they did with Wheezy Waiter. And I was oh. like, okay, this isn't a little podcast at all. <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. So yeah, I've just slowly over time, like tricked them into thinking I'm cool on Twitter. And then <laughs> they, um, they asked me if I wanted to come on their podcast for Ocean's Eleven. And the way that they asked it, first they asked me like, are you actually going to do your Lord of the Rings podcast? And I said, yeah, probably. And then they said, cool. Well, do you want to come on our podcast? And I was like, this seems suspicious, but okay. (laughs) And then yeah, come to, come to find out that um, they were basically using that as like an audition to see what I'm like over podcast. And I guess it went well, because then they asked if I, they wanted to me to produce it. So I would say it went well. Yeah, I think I you think passed your, well. I, your audition that you didn't know anything about. I know I was like, well, it's just, there were like small things that were mm-hmm. happening that I was like, this this it seems like something else is going on but I also don't want to be narcissistic and assume that it's like about me (laughs) but it was so this only inflates my ego hey Um, it just validated it yeah exactly so thank you Tyler and Ethan for doing that (laughs) so um how did you come to uh be a Lord of the Rings fan what uh how did you get into Lord of the Rings yeah so my dad is I think the biggest Lord of the Rings fan I have ever met so growing up uh he was always reading the book and was just really into it. Um, He was all about like finding out the lore. So there's so many characters who I have like so much background to, even outside of the books. Um, And in the movies obviously were like something we always watched. There was also a Hobbit cartoon that was done um, a long time ago. I used to watch it as a kid. It's really eerie. Uh, It's kind of creepy, but I loved it. Um, So it's kind of something that we always bonded over. He also really liked Harry Potter, which kind of just got lumped in altogether. So, yeah, I experienced it with him and with uh, my brother. And then when we found the audiobooks, we could actually at the time rent them from the library, you know, Mm -hmm. so uh, we would check them out and be able to listen to them, which was really cool. So that's that's my way of ingesting this information um, now is just audiobooks. But yeah, it's all from my dad. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm a I'm a. I'm a big proponent of audiobooks, and I've also weirdly become, like, a huge public library advocate in, like, the last, like, year of my life. I'm like, do y'all know about these amazing (laughs) buildings called public libraries? And they're free to join, and you can go and check out not just books, but you can get movies, you can get audiobooks, you can go there, and if you're trying to get into podcasting or videoing or editing or anything. A lot of libraries now have really cool media labs and there are all these really awesome resources and it's all free. (laughs) Yeah, we were big uh, library kids growing up, my brother and I. There's one really close to the house that we grew up in. So it was kind of like an after school thing, especially in the summer. My parents would take us there and they had like you could drop off your kids kind of Mm -hmm. uh, almost like a daycare, but I guess older kids, you know, so we'd be able to be dropped off for like four hours. It was across the street from Giant Eagle. So my parents would go like grocery shopping and do their thing and come back and pick us up. We always played computer games. We weren't um, yeah sitting down and reading, but they had like Scooby-Doo computer games. We were all about that. <laughs> so we, we were at the library a lot. 
Yeah, it was. It, it's funny because I can probably picture exactly like what like the kids section with those video games looked like, and it was probably called like the Kids Zone Fun Blast oh, area. Yeah, or I'm something. sure it was something like Kids Zone, and it had yeah. yellow and red pop out you know, lettering oh, yeah. and probably something to do with space. And- oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Such a vivid image. So, yes. um, well, speaking of vivid images, let's talk about chapter three. Three is yeah. company. I, um, I'm a huge, you know, I'm only, I'm only three chapters into this and I really, I, I get when, why people are like, yeah, Tolkien's a great writer. Cause he, his imagery and his writing is so descriptive and it, it makes you feel a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, especially listening to the audiobooks, I think you get so much imagery. I mean, I don't know how everyone else is, uh, taking this in. I know you're reading or you're listening to it, uh, the Phil version, right? Yeah, I'm um, doing a mixture of the audiobook and reading it, um, oh, yeah. just because it helps me, um, rem- you know, remember it more. I'm reading it and listening to it twice, so I get the same information twice, right. so that when I come on to talk about it, I remember what I'm talking about. Yeah. I- um, and yeah, I'm listening to the audiobook that I have. It's the Phil, how do you, Dragish? Uh, Dragish, I think. Dragish, yeah, it's the Phil Dragish version, and... 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's It slaps. <laughs> Same. Uh, if anyone is questioning which version, Phil Dragish is absolutely the guy to read this book. I mean, he adds so much life on top of Tolkien's already, like, amazing words, but he mm-hmm. really brings it to life. It's, it's like... If you, for me, so for me, I feel so strongly about the Jim Dale Harry Potter audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a huge rivalry between the Stephen Fryer, the Jim Dale audiobooks, but the Jim Dale audiobooks are great. And so if you're someone who, um, is a is a Harry Potter fan and you know wants to get into Lord of the Rings because um, it's a kind of you know a pretty similar fantasy series. Mm-hmm. Um, the Phil Dragish audiobooks have that have very similar um, qualities as the Jim Dale versions because there's lots of voices and there's just so much personality being put into it. Yeah, I'm I'm also Team Jim Dale, so I'm yes, with you there. <laughs> yes, you get it. You get it. You get it. Um, yeah, um, Phil Dragish's, um, Gollum impression is great. And it I will not, amazing. I will not try to, um, impersonate it because, um, we don't need to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Um, chapter two ended, or rather in chapter two, we find out all this, um, backstory and we, we learn about the ring. We learn the deal with the ring and we're like, wow, this is, this is intense stuff. This is serious. Gandalf is like, okay, Frodo and Sam, because Sam, you were listening. Um, <laughs> it's, it's time for you. You, you need to take this seriously. This is a big, um, thing that needs to be destroyed let's go and it feels very urgent and serious and intense and then we start chapter three off and it's like three weeks later yep i i have that written down as one of my first things um it really shows you because that's like hobbits in general which you'll continue to learn <laughs> it's like oh there's this imminent danger coming for me i'm gonna take three weeks Yes. And like understanding that like he's trying to build a story to be able to leave. I don't think that takes three weeks. Yeah. 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 So that's what's funny is he, um, yeah. So Gandalf says, you know, three weeks later, he realizes Frodo's still sitting around and he hasn't done anything. And he's like, hey, Frodo, you better leave soon and do something. Let's see. He says, you ought to go quietly and you ought to go soon. 
And, um, oh, and then it says two or three weeks had passed and still Frodo made so no sign of getting ready to go. <laughs> and yeah, Gandalf is the one that kind of has to nudge him and say like, okay, bud, it's time to come up with the plan. Yeah, you, you gotta and, go. Yeah. And, and, um, Frodo, uh, comes up with this plan like immediately, which you're right. It didn't take him. Th- I mean, he could have been thinking about this plan for those three weeks, but it's within this one page that he comes up with this plan. So first he says, well, I can't just, I can't just leave because it will spur all of this gossip and all of this talk and it will be super suspicious. I've got to do this. Uh, I got to come up with a strategic plan and and be smart about this because otherwise people are going to wonder what's going on. And, um, and they're going to, essentially talk about me like they're talking about Bilbo. Um, And so he comes up with this plan that he will um, buy a new house in Buckland, which is where he originally is from. And he'll move there on his 50th birthday or after his 50th birthday is over. Um, And I like that there's this note that he makes that he feels um, most, he feels most comfortable and more comforted by autumn and the fall. So he feels like he will be more encouraged to travel and leave when it's the autumn, um, which also happens to be when his, when his birthday is. Um, And Gandalf is like, sounds good. Just make sure you do it. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe just actually go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's big too with, um, you find out in the, prior two chapters how big like the birthday celebrations were for Bilbo and mm-hmm. in turn they're big for Frodo so I really think he wanted to wait to be able to have that last party yeah and it's and you know you can it's it's definitely really sen- you know it's sentimental and it's a huge thing for yeah. Frodo because um, this is what you know um, Hobbiton and, and Bag End are where he found this you know home that Bilbo offered to him after he had a very you know tragic childhood losing his parents and and this is, you know, assen- you know, essentially what he's known for most of his life now. Um, and he has very fond memories. And then now he's having to leave it all. And he has friends, and th- most of which who don't know the reason why he's doing all this. Which um, I'm assuming that's not going to last long, given that I know that... M- I-, I believe if I remember from the first movie, Merry and Pippin somehow end up on this journey with them to, like, Mount doom or somehow they get involved so obviously sam isn't going to be the only one but right now sam is the only one um that knows the true reason behind all this right and that is only because he's listening in through the window yes oh my gosh so (laughs) um i (laughs) currently sam is not my favorite no um he his his heart is in the right place but he's very annoying and he's just <laughs> um n- not to make another very potter musical reference which i did in chapter two episode but um it, for anyone who has watched a very potter musical which i recommend if you haven't already um the way that they set up cedric's death which spo- spoiler alert cedric diggory dies what um <laughs> edward cullen dies y'all <laughs> man poor she was isn't robert pattinson mm-hmm. he was in a great he had a great role it was in a great franchise and then that went downhill he's gonna so be fast. batman now though right that's what i is that actually happening i don't know i heard that it was i guess it could just be rumored i gotta look this up i'm not completely against it 
I mean, I honestly have not seen him act in anything probably since, like, one of my friends forced me to go see New Moon. Let's see. I mean, there's all these. Yeah, it says. Yeah, it says he's going to be Batman. I'm not totally against that. There's a Forbes article. Why Robert Pattinson is perfect for the Batman. The Batman. What do they say? Oh, gosh. Oh, my. I'm not exaggerating when I say that only one fourth of this article is showing because of the amount of pop-up ads that just came up. I cannot read this article. Gotta Maybe make later. their okay, money. There we go. It said, depends what you may only know. You may know only know Robert Pattinson as the hot dude from Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> but he hasn't been Edward Cullen for nine, nine years now. Since 2012, Pattinson has actually been incredibly active, appearing in 10 fin- feature-length films. Which films? He was in Good Times. What is Good Times? It was an okay movie. Times. It was an okay movie. I feel like he um, did really well in it, though, to, like, not be his Twilight character. Man. Uh, the only other movie I can think of him non-Twilight are Harry Potter and um, and then there's that uh, Remember Me. Yeah, and he was in um, Water for Elephants. That one, yes. That one was actually very good. That's a That's a great book, by the way, if anyone's looking for a good book. And the the movies, if I recall, not too far off in the book, too. So anyway, yes, Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman, too. Anyway, so <laughs> in in a very Potter musical, when they're setting up Cedric's death, um, because in the movies, when Cedric dies, uh, Voldemort goes, kill despair. And so they set this up by saying, like, Harry's really, so Harry and Cedric arrive at the graveyard and Harry's like so annoyed with him. And he's like, oh, gosh, Cedric, you're just so annoying. You're just this guy who's always there when you don't, when you don't want someone around. You're just, you're just always there. You're just the spare guy, the spare dude. You're such a spare. And then Voldemort comes in, kill the spare. And that's how I feel about Sam right now. I think he will grow on you. I don't, yeah, I'm not ready to kill the spare, but he definitely feels like such a spare. He feels, it, it feels so much like he he's just there. And they're like, okay, Sam, you can come too. And you're so. going to get a lot more of that in just in this uh, chapter. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much. So, um... Yeah, so they're preparing for all of um, for this bit for this plan to Frodo to leave Bag for Frodo to leave Bag End, and in order to do that, he has to sell Bag End. And this, it, I was listening to the audiobook um, the first time I went through this chapter, and I they he made a huge like dramatic pause before he finished the following. Um, phrase and i i lost my mind um if you if you follow the podcast on twitter i actually tweeted specifically about this um you can find that at tolkien about pod on twitter um so it says mr frodo was selling bag end indeed he had already sold it to the saxville bagginses and i lost it i was screaming and i i specifically was doing so the gift that i ended up tweeting was it's like this group of kids and clearly they were in some kind of like fight or like i don't know yo mama joke battle or something and someone won and then there's just one guy standing in the middle looking all cocky and then this other guy comes in the frame with his hands over his face and he's like oh my god and that's what i felt like <laughs> just because yeah I, I just the last I, people I really you would want him to all, sell it to yeah and i i loved all of the saxville baggins drama 
um, and all of the family pettiness from chapter one. Yeah. Um, yes. So they sell it. So he sells it to Lobelia. Um, what's her name? Lobelia something. He sells it to Lobelia. What is she? Brandy Buck? A Saxville Baggin? Mm-hmm. She's a something. What is she? Lobelia something. I think she's a Saxville Baggins. The Bagginses. So, yes. Oh, and I thought, oh, yeah, so this is, I don't know why I got a, I got a good kick out of it. So they're talking about Lobelia has, has bought Bag End because I guess her husband um, had recently died uh, at the ripe but disappointed age of 102. <laughs> and I, I don't know why that one for uh, the disappointed age. It's a little disappointed. Like, is he disappointed that he lived to 102? Is he disappointed that he died um, so soon? I think um, it's more of a he had to live with his wife for that long oh my joke. God. That's how That's I interpreted great. it. That's great. I just I just got a good kick out of it. I really enjoy um, Tolkien's sense of humor. I do too. So they're preparing everything. Um, they give the key to the Saxville Bagginses and Lobelia, which... This is what I highlighted as my favorite quote of this chapter. So Lobelia comes over with her son, I believe, and they're talking, they're setting up the logistics for her getting back in. And then it says, she snorted and shown plain- showed plainly that she thought the Gamgees capable of plundering the hole during the night. Frodo did not offer her any tea. And what a sick burn for the <laughs> hobbits. Such a good way for him to just, like, have a one last snide kind of remark at her, you know? Yeah. I just love Frodo did not offer her any tea. <laughs> Leave it on the best note possible. Yeah, it's like the most, and, you know, coming from Tolkien's world of the English, where that, you know, that's, like, the most horrifying thing you could ever do to another English person is, right. you know, not offer them tea. <laughs> Even in my house, if you don't offer someone a drink, that's just, you don't want them to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just, yeah, I love that um, subtext of he's he's done with her and, and is ready to, ready to get her out of the house. <laughs> right. Um, and he's, you know, he's not openly rude to her, but it's just that one small thing that is a, is a big deal for the hobbits. So, uh, while this is all happening, Gandalf said, Gandalf comes home and says, I need to leave and go deal with some stuff, but I will, um, at the very least be back by your birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frodo's like, great, sounds good. Um, and and we find out later that Gandalf, Gandalf is a no-show, which is a bit concerning, um, which we'll we'll get more to we'll get to later more about that. Um, yeah, so Gandalf leaves and Frodo's birthday comes along, which I was really surprised that it was his 50th birthday. I don't think I had realized how much time had passed mm-hmm. and that all of this is starting when he's 50 years old because he seems you know, like, in in the movies, it seems like he's just a kid. Yeah, and hobbits don't, like, become adults until well into their 30s, I think. Yeah. I forget what yeah, the exact... Yeah, 33. Yeah, 33. So, I think, uh, just because they live so long, that's, like, that time frame. But, yeah, a lot of years pass in between, like, him getting the ring and his journey actually beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote to... Yeah, like, my first thing was that I wrote down, what's the timeline here? Because <laughs> it just seems like things are so urgent, and then... 
a lot of time passes with no action. Yeah, so. that's what I mean about the hobbits. They're just like yeah. so chill. It's yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, it's fine, I'll handle yeah, it. Yeah, and you're later. right. He wants yeah, he wants to have this like one last hurrah with his friends mm-hmm. before he leaves. Very Bilbo. Um, yes, exactly. But not not as dramatic. Not nearly but, as dramatic. Oh my gosh. Iconic. <laughs> Iconic Bilbo Baggins. So, um yeah, so Frodo, all the preparations have been made. And Frodo's birthday party comes, and it's just a really chill night with him and a couple close friends. And they all sit around and talk and eat, of course. And then they go out and sit outside and look at the stars. And it just sounds like a very nice, peaceful way to, you know, have your last night or say goodbye to um, to what you know and to say goodbye to Hobbiton. Yeah, I think it was really sweet and sentimental. And I forget exactly how many people he had invited, 12 or so, a, a much smaller number um, yeah, than, much. than <laughs> Bilbo's. Um, so it felt very, like, sweet and intimate for Frodo to just say goodbye because he knows he's not coming back and everyone else doesn't realize that, obviously. They know he's moving to Buckland, but that's close enough by he could come back yeah. and visit and he knows that he can't do that yeah yeah oh that's so sad yeah so I, um he yeah so he know he knows he has to go and i love this i think it was earlier let me find it the way that tolkien described um how like oh it's a, the shire let's see the shire had seldom seen so fair a summer or so rich in autumn the trees were laden with apples honey was dripping in the combs and the corn was tall and full and that just yeah it sounds so beautiful and picturesque and that's so sad that frodo you know frodo has to leave that yeah and it's always been his home and like his safe place which he brings up later in the chapter just that it's always felt safe to him. Mm-hmm. Now he, not only is he embarking on this like really scary journey that Gandalf just dropped on him, but he's leaving the only place where he's felt safe. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say he dropped it on him. Good Lord. Yeah. Dropped it on him like a ton of bricks. Like, okay, here's all this doom and gloom, but I can't do it because the uh, it's too big of a risk for me to have the ring. So you have fun. Um, I'll hey, see you later. you can handle this. No worries. Exactly. <laughs> also, yeah. I'll be back, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is very ominous. Oh, that was, yeah. So Gandalf is the least, like right now, he really truly, he seems like such an unhelpful person, like the (laughs) most unhelpful, specifically at the start of the chapter, just going back a bit. Um, when Frodo's, you know, he's asking Frodo about, about his plans and what he's going to do and everything. And, and Frodo's like, well, I'm not really sure what direction I'm going to go in. And Gandalf says, well, you should at least go, you know, I don't care, you know, go north, south, east or west, just whichever direct. And I'm like, yes, of course he has to go north, south, east or west. Those are the directions. (laughs) If you just, you know, go somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, and then Frodo also asks him, like, this is huge. Like, I don't, like, what is my quest? And Gandalf literally says, I don't know. And it, yeah, it it really feels like, um, I, I understand why people can, how people make this connection or accuse J.K. Rowling of copying Dumbledore from Gandalf because, it is this wise elderly wizard mentor figure who puts a lot of responsibilities and burdens on a young character and then is cryptic and clueless and unhelpful. Yeah, and I think in both uh, instances too, I don't know how you work around that because if Gandalf had been this all-powerful, mighty wizard 
who was able to help Frodo in every aspect, like the journey, it's not going to make for a great story, right? If Gandalf was like, yeah, yeah, you know what, Frodo, you're totally right. I'll take the ring for you. See you later. Yes. <laughs> yes. Story that's, over. That's so true. And that's, that's what I told myself. That's the reason I, I rationalized to myself for why. Oh God. Spoil, spoil, in-game spoiler alert coming. Mute, mute for the next, for the next 30 seconds. Have you watched Endgame yet? I have. Okay, good. Okay, if you haven't if you haven't watched Endgame, sk- skip to the next couple s- seconds. Um, I rationalized to myself that the reason Captain Marvel was barely in the movie is because she would just get it done in a hot second. Yeah, if she had just come back, the movie would have been ten minutes. Yeah, it would have been over so yeah. fast. And yeah, and that's why she was. That's that's the only thing I can rationalize to myself. <laughs> for why she wasn't in it because I, I really huh, I really wanted there to be more Captain Marvel because I love Brie Larson but this isn't the Brie Larson fan podcast <laughs> maybe that'll be a couple of years from now but you need an offshoot podcast yes. now yeah yeah well I'm joking that um, once I'm done with all of the Lord of the Rings content I can possibly get um, that I can change the name of this from that's what I'm told. Let me, it's so much wordplay. Okay. I can change the name of this from that's what I'm talking about to that's what I'm talking about because my last name is what. That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can just change it to that's what I'm talking about and it can just be about whatever I want it to be. So. Yeah. You will Ethan- already have an audience. Yeah. I was going to say Ethan and Tyler, I don't care if that's your plans for this podcast. That's what my plans are. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, that's going to be several years down the line because um, it'll probably, I mean, going, you know, one chapter a week at a time, it'll it'll take me a while. And then there's The Hobbit and the movies yeah. and um, there's all these other extra things I've been told as well that aren't just the books. Um, and then there's also apparently a series on Amazon Prime that's in the works. So yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I... I really hope that um, that actually does happen because I think it could lead to a really um, fun potential like re-spark, reignition of the Lord of the Rings fandom and, and spur a lot of other, you know, fun, creative stuff. Yeah, I would love it. Mm-hmm. So as they, they've they packed up everything and they're preparing to leave and they're walking out and um, Frodo hears um, Sam's dad down the street talking to someone and he can't really make out what the person is saying who's talking to Sam's dad, but he hears what Sam Sam's dad says. And Sam's dad basically gives away all of Frodo's plans right. and his itinerary and where he's going and where he's going to live to this complete stranger, which just sounds... It, immediately, I was like, this is suspicious AF. <laughs> it's a very trusting old man. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and not, not only that, it was like, well, this is definitely going to come back. <laughs> I'm not sure yes. when, but it'll come back at some point. And you're like, oh, right now it comes right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Within like, yeah, two pages later. Something I love too is that Sam's dad calls him Big Folk because he's like a yes. human. And- yeah, I wrote that down too. Yeah, later on they um, um, they call them Big People. Yeah. And Tolkien capitalizes that. Like it's a proper, like it's a pro- it's a proper, you know name of people like the right. hobbits the elves the dwarves big people <laughs> i i want that to be what we call humans yeah because that's because like every every 
everyone is a big people to hobbits. <laughs> yes. Elves are also big people, technically. Yes. Oh, my God. I want to. Um, did you ever watch Little People Big World? I don't on think TLC? so. It was um, it's it was just like a like, you know, a lifetime, you know, reality TV show about this family. And like the parents are both little people and three of their kids are average height. And one of them is little and they have this farm. And anyway, so the name of the show is called Little People, Big World. I want big people, little world about humans like going to live in the Shire. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. Yes. <laughs> That'd be great. Um so far, so far, that's that's the second like Netflix like spinoff series I've concept <laughs> I've come up with on this podcast. The other one was Casey and I were discussing a Marie Kondo uh, magic of you know life changing magic of tidying up, where she comes into the Hobbit and helps them clean up all of their knickknacks and everything that they hang on to. That's hilarious. This morning I was using the Marie Kondo method because I'm moving in a month, so yeah, I was that's like, right trying to purge clothes. So I was trying that method, like, does this spark joy? And then all of a sudden, like, no clothes were thrown away. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to yeah. move to a different method. Because yeah, everything, I'm like, yes, this is super important to me. Yeah, like, I... That's also not a great method for me. I did it, so I did that not too long ago. Not, like, on, like, a huge scale, but mm-hmm. I was just, you know, trying to get rid of a couple things in my closet. Um, And there's a lot of stuff in my closet that doesn't spark joy, but I have to keep anyway because it's, like, clothes that I wear to work. Right, yeah. And I'm like, do I really want to have these five button-ups? No, but mm-hmm. it's good to have because otherwise I would be wearing the same two shirts to work, so... Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, no, this doesn't spark joy, but it's necessary for money, which does spark joy. So, <laughs> Ultimately, yes. Yes. I'm going to be in real trouble, though, because um, my new apartment, the closet is like the set, like, this is hard to do on a on a auditory only experience, but it's it's a very small closet um, width wise, and I have a lot of hanging stuff, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I can. I don't, I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know. It's it's like panic mode. I have to. I guess go buy a wardrobe and hope that there's a magical land in the back of it <laughs> we will find narnia yes exactly wouldn't that be great that's the real spinoff of this podcast <laughs> i mean if that happens yeah i think i think well, you're gonna have to actually i mean in all seriousness i don't think i'll actually end up doing this but um if, i i think it might be cool to do to read some narnia and c.s lewis because i know that Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were like best buds and they both had this huge love of like fantasy and Mm -hmm. um and writing and books and like writing books for families to enjoy together and stuff yeah I mean I think it'd be really interesting I don't know if anyone has ever done it but like just comparing and contrasting those kinds of um, writings would be really cool. I know someone has done it with Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Like you were saying earlier, a lot of people are drawing from Gandalf and Dumbledore, and there are some other... um, Oh, there's there's so many. The idea of the Chosen one, though, is in so much. Uh Because they were really comparing um, Harry and Frodo and how they're both like chosen ones and both of them um, are without their real parents and uh, yeah. you know there, there are a lot of similarities but I think you find that in so much in the fantasy genre yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, last episode we were saying that there basically is no original content anymore. Right. You are putting your spin on some other content that's already been created, or maybe mashing a couple of concepts together, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's essentially what this podcast is, because there's a lot of other podcasts out there that are like, we're going to read this book chapter by chapter, or I'm going to experience this form of media for the very first time and talk about it with people who are already huge fans of it. So yeah, but I think you get a huge audience and people who want to digest that kind of content. And that's all that really matters. It makes people happy. It sparks joy. It sparks joy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) As long as it's, as long as it sparks joy. That's correct. (laughs) Um, yeah, so they get ready to leave and they or and yeah, they overhear this conversation. And then Sam comes running over and where is it? Because I want to read it. It's a great quote. Oh yeah, so Sam, after they overhear this stranger talking to Sam's dad, Sam runs over, wiping his mouth. He had been saying farewell to the beer barrel in the cellar. So I love that right before they leave, he he needed to grab one last drink. <laughs> and this is the first time Sam's ever leaving the Shire. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure he was really nervous. We're not getting his total point of view, but yeah, that's yeah. his character type. You know, he's yeah. Really and we super find nervous. yeah we find out later more about where he was during this particular time. Mm-hmm. But also, I kind of get the impression that Sam's dad is is really proud of what's happening, what Sam's doing, that he's going off to do this and that it's, it's a really big deal that he's going off to help and he's been entrusted with helping Frodo, who is, you know, the heir to this huge, you know, fortune and treasure and property. Well, I mean, he doesn't own the property anymore, but yeah. But like that name um, being Bilbo's heir is still a big deal for the Hobbits. Yeah. And he's Almost like Frodo has this like air of being that I don't think Frodo realizes he has, mm-hmm. but it's a big deal. Like even with Baggin being higher up than other houses in the Shire, I mean, there's a lot of imagery that he uses to put Bilbo's um, name and fortune above the rest of the Shire. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yes. Yeah, so they are off, and it is at this point that I'm like, why are they walking? <laughs> yes. They're walking there. It's like, I want oh to take my. a leisurely stroll. Yes, yes. Um, and this is where we get we get another comment on Sam's um, on Sam's character, uh, and he's talk. They're all talking about their packs and everything being heavy, and they're kind of they're they're teasing Bilbo because Bilbo's gotten a little bit chubby, and they're like, well, no wonder you think your pack is heavy. You're kind of fat now. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, and Sam says uh, that his pack is really light, and he's happy to take more off of Frodo's load, and it says. Said st- yeah. said Sam stoutly and untruthfully. <laughs> and I love that. Um, just, you know, short little snippet of his character. Yeah, he's always really willing to help. And we see a little bit more of that later, too. He's like, he does not mind, I don't know, like, serving him in a way, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Oh, also to that, like, Frodo being of another stature. He just has so much willingness to help him. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's, he's, he's just there to help and he's there to, you know, please Frodo as much as he can, I think, and make him happy. Um, so they're, they're walking and after a while, you know, they, they, they rest overnight and when they continue their journey the next day is when, um, trouble starts and they hear, uh, someone approaching or walking not too far behind them, sounds like on horse, and they're like, that's odd that someone would be following us. Maybe it's Gandalf. And Frodo has this suspicion, this feeling that it's not Gandalf. So they decide to hide. And 
as they as this person or being or whoever approaches them, uh, they see that it is a black horse and someone with a big black cloak and hood riding it, which is the um, biggest way to symbolize that this person is not good. Yes. <laughs> Needless to say. Shroud him in darkness. Yes, exactly. I was... Uh, when I was a senior in high school, I directed this short play for my, like, senior project, and it was, like, a parody of what... So, like, within the play, they were doing this parody of something really, like, something that could, like, earn a bunch of Oscars, and it's really heavy with um, metaphors and, and all this other stuff that's, like, really corny or whatever, and literally one of the lines was, like, symbolism, 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 and that's just what that felt like to me, was, like, this huge figure is trotting along on this huge dark horse, he has a big black cloak, his face is covered in shadow, it's not good. Right. Yeah, so they let him pass, and as as he's passing, Frodo gets the urge to take out the ring and it suddenly occurs to him that he can put the ring on and disappear and he will be safe. And that's the, that's such a huge thing to me because this is the first time Frodo's been like tempted by the ring to put it on. Yeah, you know, Gandalf tells him so often and so much in his conversation with him, you know, don't wear the ring. Under no circumstances do you put the ring on. Um, this is the first time we're seeing him uh, kind of struggle with that decision. It's the first time the ring's power is kind of calling out to him, but it also is the first time we're really seeing like Frodo's willpower. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point that he, um, yeah, he's able to be tempted. He is tempted by the ring and everything, and it does have power over him, but he also has this power to resist it as well, yeah. which is which is important because that's why Gandalf felt that it was, um, it would be safe with Frodo. Yeah. Um, oh, and then also it just, so this figure, as it's passing by, it makes this really creepy note that he like is sniffing for them. And, and that just seems just, ugh, just, I don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I think it, um, too, like makes it clear that like, this isn't just a quote unquote big people. You know, there is something more ominous to this being. This is not just a dude riding through trying to find Frodo. Yeah, it's real. It's much more sinister than that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and that's when the, this is when they also drop in the word the the phrase "big people." <laughs> like, what it are just, big people doing here? It cracked me and, up so much when I was listening to it. Just the way Phil was saying that, I completely forgot. I don't think they ever use that term in the films. It's like yeah. big people. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's what's that's what's always fun about you know going back to read the book. Um, that was, you know, made into a movie is that there are all these fun little details that can mm-hmm. be included um, into the movie or maybe things that, you know, just aren't that big of a deal or are glossed over in the movies. Um, and you can appreciate them more when you're reading them. Yeah, especially the series there are, you'll find later that there are just like complete characters who are omitted from the oh, films sure. and so much more content in the in the books. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Um. Yeah, so they're kind of talking, and Sam, um, not Sam, what's his name? Pippin mm-hmm. is, or actually, no, this might be later. Does this happen later? No, it happens now. No, it happens later. Sorry, I'm trying to, oh, I, well, that's why I'm not even on the right page. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Sorry. Um, anyway, so after he passes and they're safe again, and they all come out and start talking, and they're talking about what's this big people doing here in the Shire? And... 
At this point, I feel like Pippin deserves to know what's going on. Yeah, Pippin is totally unaware. He thinks mm-hmm. they're just traveling to Buckland. He's going to meet back up with Mary and what's the other boy's name? They call him Fatty. I don't remember his yeah. actual name. Which is so random that yes. his name is. Yeah, let me find it. I do remember. Yeah, I do remember. Go Yeah, go ahead and keep talking. But like, the, you know, he just in his head, like he really is just taking a leisurely stroll with his good friend Frodo, who's moving to Buckland. And like, he's going to get to be on this farewell journey. And he's just going to meet back up with Mary and Fatty. And he I think he even says something about like, huh, that was really weird. You know, that that guy's just here and no one's going to fill him in. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Pippin. <laughs> And also, I don't know, in a, in a way I feel bad for Sam because he's probably the most unequipped person to be along on this journey. Yeah, and I think he realizes that. Yeah, when the, yeah, when all this happens. And so this is this is what I wrote I wrote in all caps. Sam, work with me here. I want to like you because this is when <laughs> Sam reveals that he had actually overheard that conversation or saw what was happening and went and asked his dad about it when he mm-hmm. was talking to that stranger. And he got the full story from his dad. And we find out that this big mysterious person, a big folk, came and asked um, Sam's dad about Frodo and where he was and, and what's his deal. And... And we definitely don't get a great impression from from this retelling of, of what this person looked like or what this figure looked like and who he is. And it's it's definitely very shady. And it's like, well, why, Sam? You should have said something because maybe yeah, like, we maybe we could have been a little a little more cautious because all the also all this time they've been like you know singing and they're just having a you know fun you know a fun little journey and spending time together and and talking and singing and and all this stuff and then meanwhile this very ominous figure has been following them yeah it kind of shows to his him being so naive too because I think mm-hmm. he was just kind of like oh yeah that was weird this guy was just looking for you he's like oh yeah. wait maybe that was the creepy guy yeah. it's like wow what a weird coincidence there was this other big people that came by our house earlier and he was asking where you went and my dad told him but huh, like, what's your exact really plans too on where you were going where you were moving like, yeah like, what, what a weird coincidence i'm sure it doesn't mean anything but okay it's totally fine yeah so they decide to kind of Go off the path a little bit just to take a little extra precaution. And um, they find they kind of start feeling safe again. And then they hear someone coming behind them again. And they hide once more. And this is when it gets whoever this person is or figure gets almost right up in the face of Frodo from where he's hiding. And you find that he's... Oh, also going back to what um, how Sam was talking about what his his dad was telling him about this person. His dad said something like, "Yeah, he paused outside of Frodo outside of Bag End and seemed to stop and and smell the air." And I'm I I'm assuming that that I don't know because it it, it just makes all these notes that he's specifically like sniffing and then he stops and smells the air of Bag End. So he I'm guessing he like can track people by scent somehow 
Yeah, um, that's a little bit of what is happening there. So he's kind of, um, at that point, he is going towards leaving Bag End and is like, okay, which way did he go? Mm -hmm. So he's sniffing him out. Yeah. And that's the same thing he's doing when he almost uh, actually, like, comes into contact with Frodo Mm -hmm. in the woods during the second encounter. Yeah, which I'm I'm just now realizing that probably means that he's... I don't know if that means that the Black Rider or the Dark Riders or whatever they're called later on in the chapter, I don't know if that means that they're blind or something. Maybe they're so sh- they're so shrouded in darkness that they can't even see, so they operate by scent. You don't also I should I should add that if I ever ask any questions, you are by no you can plead the fifth and not respond if you feel like it's gonna give away something. <laughs> Okay, I I will say that you will find out exactly what that okay. what the reasoning is for okay, like the cool. sniffing and everything. Great, because um, you'll so, find out what the characters are actually like, what the beings are mm-hmm. a little bit later. Yeah, um, yeah. So the the figure is getting closer and closer to Frodo, and Frodo basically almost has the ring on before he even realizes what he's doing. That's mm-hmm. how panicked. Um, he is, and that's how strong the ring uh, has its power over him at this point. And then the biggest, like, stroke of luck happens ever, and a bunch of elves just happen to be coming by, and they're all singing and talking um, and generally just be having a good time, I guess, and it makes the figure leave yes. um, and saves them. And um, Pippin and Sam and Frodo all come out, and they're like, this is weird. What are elves doing here? And then they are, they're like, okay, We'll, we'll just let them pass, kind of knowing that elves are, I guess, cooler than they are, which we see in a second. So then one of the elves stops and, and says, like, hello, Frodo. And we find out that he knows Frodo somehow through Bilbo and has um, run into Bilbo since Bilbo left Bag End. Right. So Gildor knew exactly who he was um, and... I don't know, it just started that, like, elves are safe idea. Also, Sam was just super excited that there are elves. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Elves, was... Mr. Frodo, the elves. Yeah, he's obsessed with elves. Yeah, well, up until um, wanting to go to, um, what is it called, Riverrun? Rivendale? Uh, Rivendell? Yeah, Rivendale. I always want to say Riverdale. I'm Same. Like, nope, that's a different TV show altogether. <laughs> oh, totally different. Can you imagine? Oh, totally different universes. The Hobbits and the Hobbits and you know <laughs> modern day Riverdale. I would watch where the watch where the dr- the drug den is being run out of the closed down high school. If you don't watch Riverdale, don't start because it's <laughs> just, not worth it. And I'm don't honestly do it. I'm I don't know why I started watching it and why I keep watching it. <laughs> I still watch it. I. I just love Cole Sprouse's jug. I really do. Yeah, but he's he's great, and it's such a it's such like a good like ridiculous trash TV show that I just absolutely. have to keep watching. It it's is. Like a tr- it's like a car crash. You have to watch it. Don't get drawn in. Don't do it. Exactly. But um, yeah, so they're on their way. Um, you know when Gandalf talks about them, so it was like Sam was so excited. He was like, "Elves? What? We're gonna see elves." So then we see him in the woods. I think prior to what he had anticipated, he was so excited, which just gives you the immediate like sigh of relief that elves are safe. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, him. Yeah, sh- yeah. The most like innocent and naive of all of them, um, showing this excitement about elves does. Yeah, now that you pointed it out, show that they are a safe group of people. Right, like they just interacted with this like 
ominous figure and then all of a sudden new people come by and you would think you'd be like okay keep hiding let them go like oh they're elves it's totally fine it's fine yeah um so the way that they describe the elves let's see Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i just love this entrance of the elves because i'm imagining it like they are the cool like boy band people and everyone (laughs) is like Everyone's like obsessed with them and they're just really beautiful and cool and awesome. And um, I believe how they describe them is, where is it? I think I wrote it down. It just, oh yeah, it describes them as the starlight is glimmering in their hair and eyes. Like how cool and like beautiful and awesome does that sound? It just sounds like everyone like wants to be with the elves, but they feel like they're not cool enough to be with the elves. And like the thing about the elves are that they are born from the stars. That's like the lore oh. about elves in Lord of the Rings. Um so that, that's kind of how they're born. There's this uh, figure, I forget what her name is, um, but she basically burst them of the stars. So that's why they that's kind of dope. Uh, glimmer in that way. And it always made me, uh, like when Twilight had that with the vampires, it was like, I don't know, kind of that way to me. I'm so, like, they're born of the stars. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you brought up Twilight again, because I, I wrote down that the way that they're walking and everything reminds me of... Um, in the first Twilight movie when they they're like playing the baseball game and then they introduce the bad vampires and they show them walking and it looks like they're walking in slow motion and like the wind is in their hair but they're moving really fast but it doesn't look like but like right. they're using like no effort at all and they just look really cool and everyone has to stop <laughs> and look at them that's exactly how I imagine the elves walking yeah I kind of imagine it that way too it's like um, you know, it, it is exactly that. Everyone just has to stop and look. Everything falls silent and everyone has to pay attention. Mm-hmm, yeah. And just on top of that, like, Gildor is great. Yeah, he seems... He's... He, yeah, he's very friendly because he he gives the hobbits a little dig and says, like, why should we elves walk with you hobbits? You're so dull. And then they say, like, but we'll walk with you. Um, you can walk with us when they when they mention that they've that they're frightened of this person or whoever that's been following them. They're like, okay, we'll we'll humor you, and you. I guess you can hang with us. It's kind of like the older siblings, right? And like, yeah. the younger kids are there, and they're like, all right, I guess you guys can like walk to school with us. Yeah, I really feel like they're the plastics, but a <laughs> bit nicer, maybe Just a little bit nicer. Yeah, I feel like they're the plastics, but nicer in that. Everyone's just starstruck by them and, like, wants to, like, be them. But the um, elves are above everyone else. But A little bit. Anyway, yeah, so they make this exception and allow um, Sam, Pippin, and Frodo to walk with them. I had to really struggle to remember who are the three people. <laughs> I wrote down, too, that I think a lot of that... Uh, came out of Frodo speaking the ancient Elvish language back to him. Yeah. I think a lot of that was like, okay, you know, we can trust him. Yeah. Like, and that is also- not something you hear often. People don't, you know, learn our language. Yeah, he was really, yeah, he was trying to show, it was like a sign of respect. Um, yeah. It's off, so if anyone ever goes, tra- if you're in the U.S. and you only speak English and you go traveling abroad, I've heard the best, the best thing you can do, let's say you're going to France, the best thing you can do is learn, um, hi, like, hello, hi, excuse me, do you speak English in French? So right. that when you go and ask, when you're looking for directions or something, you're not just walking up to people and asking, do you speak English in English? You, when you ask 
it in French, you're showing that you at least have a little bit of respect that you don't want to bother. You don't want to be so annoying. Right. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Which um, I can confirm. That's definitely a thing. People people look down on you when you're in Europe and you speak English and you're definitely very American. <laughs> um, yes. So let's see. What did I put? Oh, okay. So they take them. They take them with them, and they all walk and find a good place to rest for the night. And this is where I get a little confused. So they're describing what I thought was like an open field, and it's surrounded by woods. And then all of a sudden, there's like fire, and they're in some kind of a hall that the woods and the trees have formed. So is that like their elf magic or something that did that? This is a place that they have, so it's hard for someone to find, which is the only way. You know, the elves say um, it's a mile, it's miles and miles away for a walk. So they have a really long way to get there. Um, But it is already like set up in that way. So when they get there, it's like, okay, now there's like halls of trees where they've made it so that they can live in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like almost like, you know, oh, I've set up this cabin that's five miles out um, and kind of in between where I need to go. So it's already set up that way. Okay, got it. Got it. I think. So the elves, the elves invite them into this um basically place of sanctuary because they've Mm -hmm. had a kind of troubling journey and now they're afraid and you know there's nothing worse than like when you're walking alone or you're outside or in the woods or something and um and then like all it takes is that one thing to get you scared and then what you were once super comfortable comfortable with and okay with you're now like terrified of yeah so it's definitely a place of refuge and they feel much safer now with the elves um which is yeah exactly what you were saying that they're they're safe and they're good to be with so Gildor and Frodo start talking and we we learn that Gildor knows something. He he knows somewhat about what's going on and that this isn't just a case of Frodo leaving Hobbiton. He's left Hobbiton for a specific purpose and it has a much bigger purpose than just, you know, selling his house and settling down to someplace quiet. He is protecting something and trying to prevent a lot of danger and has a lot of responsibility on on his shoulders right um which is i kind i'm i kind of get this impression from the elves or at least from gildor that they're like the centaurs and harry potter where the centaurs are somewhat they're they're perceptive to like the fates and the stars and they have a vague idea of the future and they have a vague understanding of like of prediction lines and like what's going to happen and so that's kind of the impression i get from at least gildor that he has this vague understanding of what's going on and i don't know if that's just because he it's that's the quality of elves that they are connected i mean it makes sense now that you said that they're born from the stars or whatever that they would be perceptive to the fates and stars and and the future and everything yeah and you'll learn a little bit more about like there are so many different types of elves um so definitely the case though that they are like a more perceptive being and they're much more worldly so they you know have this big connection and he even has when he's having this conversation with Frodo talks about how Frodo um oh I forget the exact quote but he says you can cut yourself off from the world but it's going to continue around you and it'll make its way to you yeah um and how he word words that much more profoundly than I just did <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, I know uh, I know exactly what you're talking about Basically, he's just saying, like, the world is going to get to you. And the elves are are so intertwined with all of that that they don't keep themselves to one area. Yeah. Um, They're almost nomadic in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So what um, so Gildor says, 
but it is not your own shire. Others dwelt here before hobbits were, and others will dwell here again when hobbits are no more. The world, the wide world is all about you. You can fence yourselves in, but you cannot forever fence it out. Yep, and that's the quote. Yeah, yeah. It battled for my favorite quote, uh, but, but didn't quite win out. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, like, man, that's that's some good stuff right there, Gildor. That, you know, there there are people who came before you and people who will come after you and that it's not it's not all about you frodo <laughs> not it's everything's not, about you it's not your shire you can't sit with us yeah you can't sit with us um which i can totally picture the elves saying you can't sit with us i feel like this conversation too that we're talking about that he's having with frodo is like instrumental to what you're going to read next Mm-hmm. Just for Frodo's whole journey, because he's really trying to get advice from this, like, grand figure that he's now looking up to, almost in absence of Gandalf being gone. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah. So, yeah, now that you bring that up, that's, uh, uh, Frodo brings that up to Gildor and says, like, so, um... Gandalf was supposed to show up a couple days ago, and he didn't. And Gildor shows some concern about that. And yeah, he, it says he pauses. Yeah. Um, and it's actually where my my favorite quote that I picked from this um, is he says, I do not meddle in the affairs of wizards, for they are subtle and quick to anger. Yes. Um, and I love that because as you'll read, like, that is just Gandalf in in a sentence mm-hmm. that is him. That is what we know of wizards, because what we get is mostly Gandalf. Yeah. Um, but he shows so much concern where he like stops and he even says, mm-hmm. I think, like, well that's what does he say? He says like that's unsettling or I do not like this news that Gandalf should be late does not bode well. Yeah, it does not bode well. Yeah, that's very it's it's not good. <laughs> yeah, and with this grand figure to say that, you're like, Oh no, this yeah. must be really bad. Mm-hmm. And and also in this conversation, when Frodo is asking about the dark riders or whatever they're called. What are they called? Are they called dark riders? I think that's riders? what they're calling them right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You will find they have a real name. The Black Riders is what they're calling them now. And Frodo asks him about it. And um, what's his name? Gildor. And Gildor says, has Gandalf told you nothing? Mm-hmm. And yeah, apparently he has told him nothing. It's like, and all right, well, it's not yeah. my place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Gildor operates by that um, that saying of, you know, I'm not going to get in Gandalf's business. If, you know, there's a reason he didn't tell you about this. So I'm not going to be the one to tell you. Um, and so I'm also glad you brought up that, that quote that he says about wizards, um, cause it's again, this great sense of humor that Tolkien has. So yes, in absence of Gandalf's advice and mentorship, Frodo is asking Gildor what he should do and whether he should continue on, um, with his plan to his new home, um, and kind of regroup there. And Gildor says, yes, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards, for they are subtle and quick to anger. The choice is yours, to go or wait. And it is also said, answered Frodo, go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both no and yes. Such a funny, funny snippet. Yes. Just like he so quickly had this whip back to him. Um, And I also think that it... um, kind of alludes to him being like Gandalf again because of what you said earlier with Gandalf being like, oh, go northwest, east, south, I don't care. It's like mm-hmm. that same thing. The choice is yours. Go or wait. Yeah, yeah. And and then we then we see that um, 
really we see how much Frodo has earned at least the respect of of the elves just in this small time together because or how much they they trust Frodo um and that yeah that might be because he greeted them and you know in their language or because they know about Frodo because of Bilbo but um Gildor does give him actual advice and mm-hmm. says if I were you, I would keep going. Continue on with your normal plan. Um, which is, yeah, a bit is given, you know, what he just said, which is, you know, go, you know, it's your choice. You can do whatever you want, but it's your choice. And then Frodo's like, well, this is what you elves are known for, is not giving any advice at all. So the fact that Gildor was like, okay, between you and me as friends, I would go. That's that's how you know it's it's probably, it's, it's a much more serious matter than we know about right now. And we'll probably obviously get much more serious. Yeah, and I think, too, it really makes Frodo realize that the ominous figure, the Black Riders, whatever, are much uh, more sinister than he had really realized because even Gildor, I always want to say Gildroy, another Harry Potter reference. I want to say that as his name. I almost kept saying, like, Gondor, and I don't know what that's from at all. <laughs> I think it's because I was say, saying, like, saying like Gandalf, and Gandalf. I wanted to say Gondor. Well, Gondor. I just keep trying to say like Gildroy Lockhart, which would be a hilarious character um, in Lord of the Rings, but um, oh, Gildor. Apparently, Gondor is a fictional kingdom in J.R.R. Tolkien's writings, described as the greatest realm of men in the west of Middle Earth. By the end of the third age. Okay, so apparently it's... Hey, at least it's in the same fandom. I'm over here in Harry Potter world. Hey, it makes sense. So, I don't even remember where I was going with that. Oh, we were talking about how um, Gildor gave him actual advice. Yeah, so he kind of says, you know, like the elves have have a saying to not give unwarranted advice. And um, even from the wise to wise, you can't really give someone advice. And the fact that he does it anyways is a huge deal for Frodo. Mm -hmm. And he even says, like, he's like, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful. And we're left with the point of thinking, okay, so that's exactly what Frodo's going to do. He's just going to go without Gandalf. But more importantly, um, Gildor tells him that if he's going to go without Gandalf, he should bring company. Yeah. Yeah. So now we think, okay, he's going to bring friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and also specifically, he says that the elves or Gildor says that the elves don't give direct advice because (laughs) they don't know the full context of like where the other person is coming from and they are not those people and he kind of in a way like instills this confidence in Frodo that like I'm not you you are your own person so you can you are much more capable of making smart decisions and deciding these things for yourself because you know what's best for you you know, in my, you know, in my humble opinion, I think you should c- continue on your path and do what you're doing. But at the same time, you're you and you are the only one that knows you. So whatever yeah, you choose. Yeah, it kind of forces him to have his own. The best for you. Like ideas. Yeah. Yes. So they, um, the Gildor leaves Frodo with um, kind of an elvish blessing. And he says that kind of officially dubs Frodo as an elf friend, which... 
Yes, I'm, which I love. Yeah, I'm assuming is going to. Here's my my wild prediction is that like they're going to get into a um a bit of a sticky situation somehow involving elves, and then and then Frodo will come out and say like I am a friend of Gildor, and then that'll that'll help resolve issues of like oh you've met Gildor, he's given you the official blessing. Okay, great, come on in. Here's some. <laughs> You're fine. Here's some wine and cheese. Yeah. Or tea. Or tea. Yeah, here's more likely. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So the L. So we're. Let's see. <laughs> I think one other thing too that I wrote down about that conversation is um, Pippin goes to bed pretty early into the party um, or yeah. gathering that they're having, but Sam like almost like a dog curls up at Frodo's yeah. feet and falls asleep. And that so he's not like uh, aware of the conversation that's happening, but he's like staying literally at Frodo's side. Yeah, and that's what's a little, and this, that's also like the second earlier in, I think it's at the end of chapter two, he is, Sam is described when he's told that he can come with Frodo on this journey, he's described as jumping around like an excited dog. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you're right. In this chapter, he curls, he goes with Frodo and curls up at his feet, which just, I kind of, I'd like want to jump in and be like, and be like, you're your own person, Sam. You can (laughs) Just, just, just back off for a bit. Yeah, I, uh, I just thought that was really weird. I highlighted that as uh, some really good imagery, though, because that mm-hmm. is kind of how Sam is acting, like a little bit of a lost puppy. Yeah. Um, because he's never done any of these adventures. Like Frodo has left the Shire and gone on small adventures with Bilbo. Um, so like this is not as big of a deal going to Buckland. Yeah, the, the journey Frodo is about to take is a big deal, but going to Buckland isn't, and for Sam it is. He's like this lost little puppy, and it's just such good imagery for him, like, curling up at Frodo's feet. But that's what I actually imagine is, like, you know, the the actors in the movie, like, Sean Austin, like, I think that's who plays Sam. It's, like, curled up at Elijah Wood's feet. (laughs) Is that who plays Sam? Am I? Um, I'm not the person to ask. (laughs) I know that. Um... Well, actually, this brings us... So, yeah, so that's that's the... close of the chapter but that kind of brings us into um our uh quote-unquote discussion question which isn't really a discussion at all um if you want to send me a fun question spoiler free questions um preferably please um you can do so you can send me a dm on twitter or instagram at tolkien about pod and this question comes from someone on our discord which again you can join go to bacon and eggs.com slash no, wait, no, that's the reverse it. <laughs> Scratch that. Reverse it. <laughs> Patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. We're really um, nice. You should join us. Yes. Yes. They're great. They're great. And we have a thread specifically for um, that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, and someone asked, if you could pick one cast member from any of the Lord of the Rings trilogy movies or Hobbit trilogy movies to narrate the audiobooks, who would you pick? Oh, that's such a good question. Wowza. I, I remember reading this because I think uh, the person who asked uh, deleted it because they thought it was like a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking up everyone who's in The Lord of the Rings. Well, while you're looking that up, given my little knowledge, um, I'm going to go with Benedict Cumberbatch, who is the voice of Smaug. Yes. Or Smog, or however you say his name. Yeah, Smaug. The yeah. dragon. I think... Um, the common answer is going to be Ian McKellen, who plays Gandalf. Oh, 
Um, yeah. But I actually think it would be really cool if, like, Orlando Bloom plays Legolas, who yeah. you'll run into later, um, were to voice it. Or one of the females, which would be really cool, like Liv Tyler. That would be nice, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any other, like, um, crazy popular voice actors in here. There's no, like, Morgan Freeman of the series who would really, yeah. like... <laughs> Have a voice that, that you great. just want to hear. I mean, that if I could just pick anyone in general, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. That's <laughs> going to be my answer to anything you ask me for someone reading. So yeah, I think my answer is going to be Ian McKellen because oh, that's fair. obvious. Like Gandalf fair, reading fair. it would be amazing. Yeah, that that's probably what I would have said too. Um, except I remembered that Benedict Cumberbatch is technically in The Hobbit, so yeah, it works uh, for me. I think that's a great answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's so that's kind of it for our discussion um, for this chapter, this episode. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. What uh, what would you like to plug and where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Pixie Pixels with two Z's at the end. Um, I don't even remember what my Twitter name is, but I'm not active enough on there. But you can always find me on the Bacon and Eggs Discord page or the Bacon and Eggs Facebook page, which I'm sure we will do some questions for you on there and for that's what I'm talking about. So definitely follow Bacon and Eggs on Facebook. You can find me on their Discord. You can find me on Twitter. Um, You can find me on Instagram. Awesome. Cool. Um, That's what I'm talking about is a production of Bacon and Eggs. You can go to baconandeggs.media to learn more. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at TolkienAboutPod. You can use the hashtag TwitaPod, which is T-W-I-T-A pod. I will be using that acronym so much. I love it. Well, one, I just like how it sounds. It's just, it's Twitter, but you say, it's like you're saying Twitter, but badly. And and it's also just way shorter. Um, yeah, so use the hashtag TwitterPod if you ever want to share something for other people to find. Um, please don't tag me in spoilers or send me questions or anything related to spoilers. I understand that, like, technically the spoiler ban for Lord of the Rings was lifted many, many years ago, but, like... You know, just just be careful about that, please. The whole point of the podcast is to live through the magic, so don't ruin it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm interested to see what my first big spoiler will be because there will no, be it's, some. It's going to happen at some point, and I'm really excited for that. Um, I was stressed it, out doing this too. Like, oh, don't don't reveal anything. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was saying like you cannot respond to something if I <laughs> yes. a- like if I ask something, you don't have to say anything. If you're like, hmm, I don't, because even sometimes like saying like, huh, yeah, maybe gives away a lot. Yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter at mcwatt416 and Instagram at mcturndownforwatt. And um, do you have anything else you'd like to add or say? Nope. I appreciate being on the podcast and I hope everybody has a great time. Awesome. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.